0: RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're going to be talking about nutrition to solve DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. We're going to be looking at the reasons for development and what you can do nutritionally to help support it. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance, and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Club. Hi, welcome everybody. I'm Aileen and I'm here again with Karen. And as always, just to start the the show, we're going to share some personal things about our running and nutrition. So hi, Karen. How are you this morning?
1: I'm fine, thank you. And I don't know if anybody can hear my dog in the background again. She's just kind of whimpering here because I'm not giving her any attention. So hopefully she'll go and lie down somewhere in a minute. But just in case you can hear that in the background.
0: (laughs) I can hear her, and it's very unusual because <laughs> normally she's very quiet. Uh, but maybe she's not interested in our topic today, uh, which is really not about how, how people doms. But before we get started, Karen, um, I just wondered if you could share uh, with everybody about maybe how you've suffered from an injury in the past and how it affected you.
1: Yeah, definitely, Alien. I have suffered injury from running quite a few actually in my time, and they've ranged from sort of simple minor muscle ache, um, to shin splints. Um, and I have to say the shin splints were incredibly painful and it took me out of my training for quite some time, which was incredibly frustrating. But, but when I reflect back, you know, I can see why the shin splints occurred, because at that point in time, I was under uh, an incredible amount of stress in various ways. And on top of that, I was also training for a marathon. So I was kind of adding to that stress. So, so something really had to give, but I was determined that I was going to be able to to do it all so in the end I I paid the consequences for that so um and I was out of training gosh, for, for several weeks um, and then when I came back to training I had to come back really slowly and build up again so it took absolutely ages so I think I've learned my lesson, I've learned many lessons through my time regarding training and nutrition and things um, but I definitely learned the lesson from from that mistake that I made at that point. How about you Alien, have you got any stories to tell?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you, I think we all learn as we go along. I mean, thankfully, I've had nothing too serious. But, um, you know, I've had niggly injuries, which have, I think, really impeded my running and my training at times, you know, where you think, oh, I really feel fit enough to run, but I can't run to my full potential because there's something holding me back, you know, and it could be, you know, a muscle Pain or something that you just maybe have overused, and I think my learning has been that sometimes in the past I've not warmed up properly or I've not cooled down properly, and that's caused problems. Um, and one of them, I know we mentioned on a, an episode recently about me running in Iceland, and following that um, that race, um, I came, I flew home pretty quickly after the race, like the following day and um and i got a real pain in my psoas and it was really really difficult really hard work to try and get that sorted out and i remember the physio saying to me i think it was probably because you didn't um cool down properly ending a race you know in the early hours of the morning and then you got on a flight and you were sitting still and the blood flow to that muscle was impeded mm-hmm. um so I, I learned a lot from that and i think what i've learned you know, over the years is that as soon as I notice anything, I do go straight to the physio or I speak to my PT who can often on the spot give me remedial exercises. So instead of working through something, if I notice it, I'll say, actually, I can feel this today and we'll stop what we're doing. And he'll tell me a few exercises and that can just alleviate me getting into a problem straight away. Um, and I think my other thing uh, in normal years, I would be Having sports therapy massages every one or two weeks, just like half an hour. But I, I think that's really important for me because it just helps prevent, um, tightening of muscles, I think. Uh, and unfortunately during, you know, COVID and lockdown, I've not been able to do that, but that is definitely, a, you know, one of my top wish list things as soon as, we, <laughs> as soon as normal life uh, resumes, I will be, uh, res- I'll be resuming that. That'll be great. Yeah. So, so that, that all leads us in nicely, Karen, to our topic today, which is about DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, and I think most runners will have experienced that at some point, uh, maybe to different degrees. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we talked about how we might approach this, Karen, didn't we? And, and the, the way that we thought we'd talk about it today is just um, explain a little bit more about what it is and who, who might suffer from it. Um, look at the key signs and symptoms so you can work out if that's something you have had or, or have at the moment and then also look nutritionally at what you can do to support healing and recovery from DOMS um, so those are our, our focal areas for today so so Karen can we start off straight off by you telling us a little bit more about what DOMS is yeah, sure, Aileen.
1: Really. So in fact, there was, um, there's a really recent study done by, um, a scientist called Shane Draper and he was looking at DOMS and, and he was suggesting, um, that what delayed onset muscle soreness is, is, um, uh, it results from performing an exercise that places a great deal of strain on the skeletal muscles and looking especially at eccentric exercise. And, and it's proposed that, that DOMS is associated with that damage to the sarcolemma. Um, of the, of the muscle and then the inflammation that then, then ensues afterwards. And, and according to the American College of Sports Medicine, they suggest that DOM symptoms typically occur at least 12 hours or up to 24 hours after a particular workout.
0: Okay. So that's quite, uh, there's a couple of technical terms in there, Karen. So could you just, uh, could you explain what sarcolemma is? Yeah, sure. So,
1: so the sar- sarcolemma is, um, is a specialized cell membrane, which surrounds the, all the different muscle fiber cells. Now it's similar to a typical cell membrane, but it has specialized functions
0: for that muscle cell. Okay, so that's good to know. Um, so what you're saying, Karen, is that DOMS is caused by exercise induced strain on the muscles, um, which I suppose a lot of exercise is. Um, uh, but you said that it's generally associated with eccentric exercise. So what, what is that? Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, sure. So so eccentric muscle contraction is when the muscle is lengthened during activation. So, for example, for a runner, it would be when they're running downhill or another example would be when um, when using dumbbells in your hand, but you extend your arm out rather than constricting it in or contracting it in, you're stretching the arm out, but it's still under tension and that clusters eccentric exercise does that make sense
0: okay. yeah yeah absolutely um yeah and i think uh, that's probably when i might have noticed having that kind of uh, doms effect so um when you mentioned earlier that most runners will have experienced doms do you think that's true um are there some people that are more susceptible than others
1: yeah i think it's it is a true statement that because um people who are New to exercise tend to suffer from it and we've all been new to running at some point. So I do think that it's true that most people will have um, experienced it, but to different degrees, like we said at the beginning as well. Um, and it, it's thought that with the, with the new runner, it's due to um, that unaccustomed stress to the muscle and the connective tissue as well. So it's not just about the muscle. It's about the connective tissue as well. So that, the, the, the muscle, it's, it's new to the soft tissue. And that's what, um, causes this, this effect. And, and other groups that are potentially susceptible to it, um, include elite runners, but also re- recreational um, athletes who are starting out on their seasonal training. Cause there's always that rest period after Say, um, heavy training or competition. And then, um, they start to build up again. So going back into that new season of training and also sort of high intensity bouts of training or competition is thought to lead to, um, lead to DOMs. And we spoke and we, in a, in a, in a previous episode, we, we dedicated it to overtraining syndrome. Now, overtraining, is also um, an area that can produce um, that skeletal muscle cell breakdown, uh, creating the dorms again. So there are quite a few different groups. I think that can that are susceptible um, to dorms. How about you, Alien? Is there any, any other group that you would add to that?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, when you were saying there about the seasonal training, I think a lot of people can identify with that because I think a lot of people tend to maybe, um, reduce their training over the winter months. And then you, you sort of notice it a bit more in the spring, don't you? When you're maybe doing the longer mileage. So I'd really identify with that. Um, I think another area that, um, we could think about is that as we age, um, age has an effect on muscle strength. So, you know, possibly aging muscle. Could uh, be more prone to DOMS, or, or as you said earlier, if you, if you were doing, um, you know, a, as an aging um, athlete, which of which we are, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're doing, you know, if we were doing higher intensity or a large volume of exercise, then that might lead to to DOMS. So I think it is something to consider as we. You know, one of our things is to encourage people to be a healthy runner as they age. So it's, it's something that we all need to think about. And the other, the other thing that you mentioned uh, is um, DOMS could be common in downhill running. So trail and mountain runners might be a susceptible group. And uh, again, you know, for most of us, if we add some hill runs into our um, training, um, we might notice after those days that uh, that's when the DOMS set in. Um, so. Yeah, is that, is that something you can relate to, Karen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Alien, because, um, um, I, I do the Haute Four mountain run each year. That's in Morzine in France. Um, and clearly it's been cancelled this year, so I won't be doing it. And I remember the first time I completed it and I hadn't really, I'd never done the run before. So I wasn't really aware of what was what was in front of me so i hadn't adequately trained for the downhill sections of it and and actually it rises to um 2100 meters so you can imagine the amount of downhills mm-hmm. i had to deal with um uh, towards the end as well when you're starting to feel tired um and you do go up and down throughout but that downhill um end part going into The other village where it ends is, is quite phenomenal. And the doms I experienced following, following that event was just so painful and lasted for days. You know, I could hardly get downstairs for days. Um, so needless to say, now when I'm preparing and training for that run, I, I complete so many downhills to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So, um, so how about you, Aileen? Do, Do you have any dom stories?
0: Uh, well, yeah, interesting. Not really running related, but I do or have experienced it after that sort of higher mountain climb. So I like hill walking and, you know, particularly up in Scotland when, you know, you, you go up quite high and you have to, whatever you go up, you know, you've got to come down. And, uh, I love the ups, but I don't love the downs. And so sometimes the next morning, uh, you can really feel it. And, and then the other times I might have noticed is if I've done a heavyweight session or, if I haven't used a muscle group for a while, I, I think, you know, we can all relate to that um, mm. feeling, you know, I've not been able to uh, move easily down the stairs the next morning. <laughs> you know, that's yes. a feeling. Um, mm-hmm. So, Karen, what, what you're saying really is that DOMs can affect anyone, um, depending on what their training their activity and, and intensity is. So, you know, nobody's immune from this. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that we could, uh, it would be beneficial for us to, know more about really um so what 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 would you say are the key signs and symptoms um of dom
1: yeah so so clearly p- most people are going to identify with some or maybe all of these key signs and symptoms but 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 clearly the muscles tend to feel um tender you know, when you touch them, they're really, really tender. And, um, and also you have that reduced range of motion. And that's due to the either the stiffness or if it's really severe to that pain. Um, when you start to move, so it really reduces the, the range of, of movement and also the swelling. and um, sometimes it's internal swelling. So you can't you can't see it externally but sometimes um it can be external as well so that the affected muscles have swollen and also muscle fatigue so that real tiredness so when you do try and start running there just isn't the power there and um and that power links into strength as well there's that that um, loss of muscle strength now that is short term, but still it can be quite pronounced um, in some people depending on the on the severity and again, the American College of sports medicine they um, they suggest that the the pain tends to peak at about one to three days again, it will depend on the severity or possibly depend on the age of the individual as well. So it'll peak at about one to three days after the workout, and then it should start to ease after that.
0: Mm. So, um, yeah, I think from what you're saying, really, Karen, it's the inflammation and the micro tears of the muscle that would be leading to these symptoms.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and the severity of the micro tears and the inflammation will determine the severity of the symptoms that an individual will experience. Um, and there are some um, markers um, in blood and serum that can be used to determine the degree of muscle damage. And the two key ones that tend to be used are what's known as C-reactive protein or CRP. Now, that's a universal inflammatory protein and, and um GPs um, will do blood tests to look at c reactive protein um, for for many different conditions. But there's another one called creatine kinase. Now that's specific to muscle damage. So um, so that can determine the the severity of the damage. Therefore, the severity of the DOMS that's being experienced. Now, as recreational runners, we we wouldn't really be looking at those markers, you know, GPs aren't going to look for those just because you've got some muscle strain. Um, but they might have, they suspected that there was something else going on. But, but for the likes of elite and um, professional athletes, these markers possibly would be um, um, addressed because it would it would help determine how long they might be out of running, how long certainly it's going to take for them to recover, and potential um, treatments will be determined from the markers as well.
0: Mm. Oh, it's really fascinating yeah. to think that there's so much uh, science behind what we all just think is you know having overdone it or being a bit stiff, but you can um, yes. you can see. How you know if you were a professional at that, that kind of insight would be really crucial. Mm. Um, so Karen, can we just think about the female factors? Are there any female factors regarding DOMs?
1: Yeah, I think what might be worth mentioning regarding the female factors is that they it has been found that women runners, looking specifically at runners, are more prone to uh knee injuries and general lower limb injuries. Um, and This can be associated with the fatigue of the, the quadricep muscles. So the thigh muscles or the quads, as we call them, um, sometimes known as the, the big drivers because they are really powerful, powerful muscles. So, um, with the, with those fatiguing, it can lead to, um, to sort of injury in other areas. So really important that, that women think about this and consider this um during their training. Um so so what I would say is, ladies, to to bear this in mind and just to build up slowly. It's very easy, like you were saying, Aileen, if you've just sort of Slow down your running a bit during the winter and then you're coming back out in spring to do, to do your training. We just want to go for it sometimes, especially if the weather's mm-hmm. nice and we're by the river or the sea or wherever or up in the mountains, wherever it may be. And we go for it. So, so what I would say here is try and resist that and build up slowly to try and prevent the, the, the fatigue of the quads and the possible, um, lower limb injuries that, that could, that could, um, stem from that um, and also I would say you know if people as well as sort of building up slowly if you're changing from one style of running to another for example if somebody's moving from road running and deciding they want to to do more trail running or mountain running whatever it may be just thinking about building that up slowly.
0: Mm, that's really really good advice and i wish i'd taken that advice a few years ago because i can i can distinctly remember a time where i can even remember where i was where i just was like in the zone thinking oh, i'm marvelous i'm running so fast and then the next day i had an injury <laughs> so right. i think i was just going for it but anyway mm-hmm. um so yeah just to round up there, really karen what you're saying is the signs and the symptoms um You know, it's been really good to sort of go through what they might feel like. But I think for for an everyday sort of feeling, I would really relate it to when you can really feel the muscles that you've used the day before, either after a gym session or or a heavy downhill run. And you might really notice that when you're coming downstairs the next morning uh, when you're feeling a bit stiff and maybe not moving as easily. So that would be the big sign that Dom's has has set in. Okay, great. Well, before we we go on to the nutrition uh, side of supporting DOMS, I'm just going to take a, a minute just to have our um, usual advert break. Um, so as everyone may know, um, the podcast that um, we have here today is um, sponsored by Runners Health Hub, and that's where Karen and I offer a range of services to help you be a fitter, faster, stronger runner. And um, We'd love you to take a look at our Runners Nutrition Zone, uh, which hosts uh, an online program with lots of short videos, recipes and downloads. Um, We also um, give you invitations to live training sessions where you can uh, interact with us in person and get your questions answered and we'll help you put easy nutrition into practice. So you can find all the details at Runners Health Hub. That's H-U-B. So RunnersHealthHub.com. And uh, please drop us a line there and we'll do whatever we can to help you. Okay, so let's let's move on to our third section in today's episode, Karen. Um, So what nutritionally can we do to support healing and recovery, particularly thinking about our muscles? Um, so that the things that are popping into my mind, Karen, are thinking about using omega three essential fats and the polyphenols, um, that we explored in episode 14 when we were talking about the immune system. Um, so I, I know that, um, the omega-3s have anti-inflammatory properties, and probably most people listening have heard that too. Um, and there are a couple of aspects of the omega-3s. The DHA and EPA decrease the secretion of the inflammatory molecules, um, and they also support the production of anti-inflammatory molecules, um, which um, those molecules are known as resolvins. um so I've, I've read a little bit about the omega-3s having these anti-inflammatory effects karen and that they've been uh used used to help reduce dom's post-exercise and also support the muscle recovery from from the damage um but are there any if you, do you have any top tips regarding you know those aspects or any other nutritional aspects karen
1: yeah absolutely and I I agree with everything that you've said there regarding the uh, omega 3 fatty acids and they are quite powerful anti anti-inflammatory nutrients so and um, so for people um wanting to increase that just thinking about um the oily fish the uh, the walnuts flaxseed things like that's going to really support a, a, an increase in intake and um, but also protein um is is another Uh, what macronutrient that is, is really supportive in, in helping prevent DOMS or reducing the effects of DOMS. And it is recommended to, if you're suffering for from DOMS then to increase your protein to about 1.2 grams to 1.4 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. So that is, it is about sort of working that out really. Um, And that's, again, being very, very specific for some people, it might just be about increasing, thinking about the amount of protein you take in in a day and just thinking about increasing it. Maybe you're having protein twice a day Maybe there's a meal where you could, you could add some protein into that. And I think for a lot of people, breakfast is a meal that often misses a lot of protein. So maybe thinking about breakfast and how it could be, how it could, how protein could be increased. Um, and also there's the idea that taking, um, taking in some protein immediately following training can help um, with DOMS, especially with people who are susceptible to DOMS, um, or, or or for people who decide they want to or feel that they can continue with training whilst experiencing DOMS, so just thinking about including a protein snack immediately after training. So that may be a protein powder if if um, time is of the essence, um, adding that to a smoothie or just having it with some milk or milk alternative um and also uh having it having the protein um alongside carbohydrate can can be helpful um because that has been found to um, help reduce the levels of the creatine kinase you know the marker we were speaking about earlier and having the co-ingestion of protein and carbs is thought to reduce that level um, and post-exercise so that's really worth thinking about and interestingly most of the um the the research into the to the protein aspect of it has been done using milk-based drinks um and and the reason for that is because one, it's it's, it's potentially easy to, to take on board as, as a drink or a smoothie or as a protein powder. But also milk is really high in the branched chain amino acids. Now we speak about, about the branched chain amino acids in, and I think several other of our, of our um, episodes, but they're really the branched chain amino acids, which are made up of leucine, valine and isoleucine are key for triggering the, um, the muscle uh, recovery and that muscle repair so but I think there are some other so those are the key sort of macronutrients to be thinking about mm-hmm. and they're quite powerful just thinking very quickly about um other nutrients to consider there are the likes of the antioxidants and again the the polyphenols and vitamin c that you mentioned earlier Aileen and and all of those, you know, people can learn more about and um, by listening to episode 14, where we discuss them um, in relation to a healthy immune system.
0: Brilliant. I mean, some really great um, advice there, Karen. And I think people can use them either um, to make sure that optimally, um, you know, their nutrition is optimum, and then that will help prevent DOMS. But also there's some really good strategies if you, if you're suffering from DOMS regularly, the things that you might want to introduce to your plan to see if you can offset the the effect of DOMS. So I think there some great ideas there. I mean, some other things that I sort of could add are, you know, when you are experiencing DOMS, you might want to think about um, taking some time out from training or maybe doing training in a slightly different way to, um, you know, Helps prevent the exacerbation of the symptoms, I suppose. Um, and also keeping, you know, the injured muscles moving, but gently. So, um, you know, potentially that's maybe just doing some lighter exercise or, or doing some yoga or Pilates to help the muscle keep moving. Um, maybe some gentle massages might help too. Um, maybe thinking about doing sports massage. As I do, as a sort of preventative measure, rather than um, you know something that's therapeutically trying to heal me. I'm always trying to prevent things. Um, sometimes people have asked if uh, using things like essential oils or magnesium baths or sprays are helpful for DOM. So what I'd say there is that yeah, they'll definitely help the muscle relax. So I think that potentially helps just relieve the discomfort, just because it it encourages the muscle to. Um, sort of be gentle, re- gently relaxed and, and the blood flow to come to it. Um, it won't necessarily get rid of your DOMs, but it, it's certainly a, a comforting, alleviating tactic to use. Um, so anything, any other sort of, um, remedies that you can. As
1: yeah, the only things I would add there, Aileen, are um, sort of the hot and cold compresses. You know, that's, that's recommended a, a lot actually um, to support reduction of inflammation. So the, the suggested idea is that you do 10 minutes of a hot compress followed by 10 minutes of a cold compress and just do that regularly throughout the day. And again, that will help sort of bring the blood flow um, where it's needed to support the healing but also the and that's the heat and then the cold will just help to reduce um reduce the swelling reduce the inflammation so that's one thing and maybe and compression as well and I'm thinking here about um compression socks and again looking at this potentially more from um a preventative point of view and you do see a lot of um runners with either the the calf um, length ones or the knee high ones, um sort of to, to support and help prevent the DOMs. And I see that a lot in the mountains, um, or the mountain runners, they all seem to wear compression socks as a preventative measure from DOMS just because the amount mm. of stress that that the muscles are being put under. So those would be the others two things I would add there, Aileen. Excellent. Great. So that so we
0: can you know, see from the discussion today that there's a lot nutritionally that we can do to support the effects of DOMS. You don't have to put up with it. You can do things that are going to really um, help. Um, so we suggest that you focus on optimizing your protein intake alongside carbohydrate uh, and omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and also think about your micronutrient status. So all those vitamins and minerals that we've talked about, um, so this has been quite a nice concise um, episode. You know, Karen and I are always trying to make them uh, concise and sometimes the topics are just a little bit too big for us to do that. But I think we've, we've hit our uh, time target today, which we're very pleased about. <laughs> um, <but laughs> just so that we can um, just round up. Karen, can you um, just tell us the key takeaways from this episode yes absolutely
1: alien so my key tips or takeaways would be that just to remember that doms can happen to anyone but that women are more susceptible to it and um and just be mindful of doms when you're looking at adjusting your training up or maybe changing your running style for example from from road to trail running just be mindful that to, to build up slowly to try and help prevent the DOMS. Um, and, and also sort of building up slowly can help help prevent it, but um, reduce the risk of the severity of DOMS as well. Um, and, and, and especially if you are new to running, be very mindful of this. Um, if if DOMS symptoms, a lot of people run through DOMS, but if your DOMS symptoms are severe, severe, stop the training for a period of time, it'll be worth it in the long term. And consider your diet. Is it an anti-inflammatory or could it be a risk factor for DOMS? So I would encourage you to listen to episode 14 and um, for some great food ideas, uh, to support the, the, the prevention of DOMS rather than sort of inflaming the DOMS. So, um, building on it. And, um, that remember there are other approaches to consider as well to help speed up the recovery from DOM. So, for example, the hot and cold compress, the massage, which I would really encourage and, and sports massage, just to remind everybody isn't a relaxing massage. It's actually quite painful, but it hits the point. It hits the spot and is really, really healing, but can be quite painful in the moment. And essential oils, just like Aileen was saying, is a nice way of, um, of helping to relax the muscles, therefore support healing. And so to reduce the, the tenderness and the pain that you may be experiencing. So that's it for me, Aileen.
0: Excellent, Karen. Yeah. I, I second that. I once made the mistake of booking a, an hour long sports therapy massage and Ouch. it's not something I'll do again. So. 30 minutes is is the optimal time, Um, that's my advice anyway. (laughs) Okay, thanks for another another great discussion, Karen. And uh, remember everybody, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger we really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now.